You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde Podcast. My guest today is Heather Monahan, and she's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, founder of Boston Hills. As a chief revenue officer in media, Heather Monahan is a glass ceiling award winner named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017. Heather's new book, Confidence Creator, shot to number one on Amazon's business biographies and business motivation lists. Heather is a confidence expert and she's currently working with Fortune 500 companies and professional sports to develop confidence in the workplace and on the court. So in this episode, we'll be discussing so many exciting things. We'll be talking about how Heather became a Harvard professor, how she became a confidence creator, what was the most challenging moment in life, how did you bounce back, the best way to reinvent yourself, what's the secret of success, what's the five-step plan to create confidence, how to step into your fear, the revenue recipe creating confidence sales team, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Heather. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being my guest. And you as being a confidence queen, we would love to know more about you. So would you please tell our listeners about yourself, about your career? Sure. So I made most of my success in business through sales and sales leadership in corporate America. And over a 20-year period, I became a chief revenue officer in media responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars and thousands of employees. And then I was unexpectedly fired three years ago when the CEO I had worked for replaced himself with his daughter. She fired me immediately. And I took that opportunity to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator, which trumped Donald Trump for number one on a business biography list on Amazon. And then I launched my speaking career, my podcast, and then I signed a book deal with HarperCollins Leadership for my next book, which is coming out in a few months. And then I was just added as faculty at Harvard 
teaching a class on professional sales just this month. Oh my God. So many great accomplishments. And it feels like, you know, everything happens for a reason. If you wouldn't get fired, you wouldn't probably proceed with all these accomplishments. Yeah, no, for, for sure. I would have stayed back in corporate America. So in, um, in a strange turn of events, it all worked out for the best. Yeah. I was in corporate America myself for like almost nine years and it's definitely not the same as being an entrepreneur. So being an entrepreneur is kind of rewarding. And of course you grow and you can accomplish way more than just having your role and being in corporate America. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have so much more potential to do anything that you want to do when you go to work for yourself versus being told what to do when you're in corporate America. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you become a Harvard professor? Well, that happened because of a post that I put up about a year and a half ago. I put a post on LinkedIn about my top sales tips and a professor from Harvard saw the post and he sent me a DM and he said, would you like to be a guest professor for one of my classes? So I said, yes. And I taught the class. It went really well. And he and I stayed in touch over the last year and a half and we've become friends. And he got a phone call a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, we have some extra budget. We'd love to bring on a second professor to help you. If you have anyone you'd like to recommend, let us know. And so he immediately recommended me, called me and gave me the opportunity. Wow, that's so amazing. Pretty crazy. Yeah, especially in the moments like this, when you got fired, how did you build yourself up what helped you to kind of bounce back from maybe you thought at first it was kind of failure like you know sometimes when things are happening to us at first we probably think it's like the worst thing can ever happen and after we build ourselves up and keep going but what helped you to build your confidence and build yourself up after such a huge challenge Yeah. I mean, there was a number of things. I really leaned on my past challenges other times in my life where I really dealt with adversity and was able to bounce back. I was shining a light on my shame. I felt embarrassed. I was fired. So I decided to promote it and put it on social media. Hey, I've been fired and it hurts. And the minute I did that, that post went viral and so much opportunity came to me as a result of it. And I decided to reframe getting fired as not a bad thing, But as in good company, you know, Mark Cuban's been fired and Oprah's been fired and J.K. Rowling. So I just decided to look at it as something really positive. And I leaned into that and I really reframed these what some people negative events and I leveraged them to create further success for me. Yeah. And for me, it was kind of the same because I was let go as far as the last company I managed large projects for. And I even like over, I exceeded their expectations and finished all the projects before deadline, way before deadline. And that was a kind of bad thing because everyone lost their jobs because they did not have any more projects and we had to, they let us go. So that's when I started blogging full time and that kind of led me to opportunity. But at first I thought it was like, it was so terrible to me. I mean, I was sad at first, but then like. Like you said, you turn around and build yourself back up and just look at it as an opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely not easy when you're in the moment, but um, it is simple when you look back. It's just, for me, it was ultimately, you know, stepping into fear and taking a chance on myself, which is something that I hadn't done before and felt really scary at the time. 
Yeah. And what was the most challenging moment you had in your life? The most, I mean, professionally, the most challenging moment I had was getting fired for sure. I would say personally getting divorced is the, was the hardest thing that, that I had to deal with. How did you gain your confidence back after this? Because, you know, so many women, they get upset and they just feel like so self-conscious after that. And it takes them time to build ourselves up. Like what helped you? You know, doing the things that work for me, making myself a priority, right? Taking care of myself and realizing that on an airplane, the oxygen mask comes down and it's our job to put that mask on us first and then to help those around us. So I decided to start living my life like that. And, you know, instead of feeling if I wanted to get a babysitter to go to the gym, I felt proud of myself and I just made a conscious decision to start making myself my number one priority because I knew if I wasn't happy as a mother, I wouldn't have a happy child. And so I took really strong, clear, decisive action steps to work out, see my friends, you know, go and get a massage or take a break when I needed, ask for help, you know, hire a babysitter, have people around me to help me. And what I learned was putting myself first and doing the things that I love that helped me to feel better really allowed me to feel better about myself, how I looked, how I felt, how I slept. And in the end, all of those things, you know, affect how you feel throughout your entire day. And, and those are the building blocks that help you start to rebuild confidence. Yeah, I agree. Self-care is very important. If you don't do enough self-care, nothing else is in alignment after. Absolutely. In your opinion, what's the best way to reinvent yourself? You know, journaling is a really powerful tool. So I would suggest to people to journal because a lot of times people won't share their real opinions or beliefs around other people for fear of being judged or being criticized. But when you're alone and you journal, there's no one there to judge you, right? So you might share your real beliefs and feelings more readily. So I would go back and look at your journals and, and see when are you feeling your best? What really interests you? What would you do if money wasn't an issue? Or what would you do if people weren't telling you you can't? You know, a lot of us are living by these stories that other people have given us that you're the social one, not the smart one. You can't write a book, right? People put labels on you and we either allow them to stick or we thank them for their beliefs and hand them back to them. And I would strongly suggest that people look at these journals, remember what it was you loved as a child to do before other people put their labels on you and start handing people back those labels. You know, I like to explain it that people told me that I should live in the sales leadership lane, that that's what, what, what I was good at. And I shouldn't walk away from that. But I decided to, when I got fired, I said, you know what, I'm going to take my unique skills and talents and go wherever I want. I'm going to blow up the lanes and live lanelessly. And, and I believe that everyone should do that. So step into who you are, notice what you're good at and realize that what you're good at can allow you to be successful in multiple industries and multiple jobs and positions. Don't limit yourself to just one thing, just because that's what you've always done. Oh, I love how you said it, not limit yourself to one thing, because sometimes you think, oh, I'm just good at this and I'll keep doing this and not paying attention to other things too. But like you said, you have to like open up, go for it. Yeah. And just, you know, be curious that you just might not know. For example, I, when I was in corporate America, 
part of my job was I had to speak at events all the time, but I didn't get paid for it. It was just part of my job. I didn't even know there was a speaking business where people were paid billions of dollars because I was only focused on my small industry. So I really challenge people to pick your head up outside of your industry, start asking questions, start networking with people that aren't living in the same bubble you're living in. You might find, like I did, that your unique skills and talents can earn you a lot more money if you're willing to take the leap and try moving into another industry. Yeah, so true. And what do you think, what has been your secret to success? You know, first and foremost, having a solid work ethic, I've always outworked the people that I worked with. So it's pretty easy to succeed when you know that you'll put the hours in. So I definitely think, you know, being on time, holding your word, you know, outworking everybody else, that will advance you quickly. Asking for what you want is critical. That's something that's really helped me succeed. And for me, I started working when I was 10 years old. So I, I've just always worked. And through those years, I really refined my sales skills. And I personally believe we are all in sales. And the more you embrace sales, the more success you're going to have in life. The reason why I'm a successful author is because I knew how to sell books. I know how to sell. And so you become a successful speaker because you sell yourself. You become a successful podcast host because you know how to sell and market it, right? So the more that people stop at sales as a negative and start seeing it as a positive and something that we should spend time working in and refining and optimizing, the more it will help you succeed in whatever career path you have in front of you. I agree. But for most people, I think just the word sales makes them freak out because, you know, everyone is afraid of sales. They don't want to be too pushy or they don't want to be too annoying, but they have to. But it's just a part of sales. And it's just like sometimes some people get scared of sales and scared to sell themselves. Yeah. But the thing is, they need to just accept that someone is sold in any and in every exchange. Meaning if you go home tonight and you sell your husband on why you want to go out to dinner or he sells you on why he wants you to make him dinner, someone has been sold. So it isn't just in these business, you know, quote unquote business situations in every exchange someone sold. So the more you accept that and realize that if you become intentional and savvy about what sales is all about, you can actually get what you want and get it done more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. In your opinion, what's the five-step plan to create confidence? So yeah, you're referencing my TED talk, which I, you know, first of all, there's a lot of different steps that, that go into creating confidence. But one of the strategies that I employed in my own life, because I had 20 years in the media and marketing industry, and I saw what McDonald's used and what worked for them, right? So I saw and read so many white papers about what works in advertising, and there's billions of dollars spent because it works. And then I realized there's a five-step process that really makes it work. And anyone can leverage that intellectual property and actually make it work for yourself, for your confidence, for your objectives. And that starts with identifying a marketing platform, which in my situation, when I want to create confidence, that was my mind, right? That's the platform I needed to engage with and convince that I was confident you know, next frequency is what sells. So McDonald's doesn't run one ad a day. They run seven to 10 and they run daily because frequency is what actually gets through, cuts through the clutter and starts resonating with people. So 
you know, you need powerful words that you're going to use. So I chose powerful words. I would use them and repeat them with frequency. And then four, you want to add an image. You don't want it just to be an audio campaign. You want to have a visual. So I would look at a visual picture of myself when I felt really confident. And I would repeat these really powerful affirmations and powerful words with frequency every single day while looking at an image. And then finally, you want to call to action in any ad campaign, right? McDonald's converts you into a client by saying 99 cent fries right now, you know, get, get them while you can. There's some call to action, a reason why you need to take action now. And my call to action was fear is a green light that means go and go faster. And the next time I feel fear, I'm stepping into it. And so I worked on that for at least a month and it had, it worked, right? The, those are the rules of advertising and they don't work by chance. It's scientific and, and it will work for anyone that decides to, you know, practice that same discipline. Oh, I love how you said it. It's so true. Like the way you explain it, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it was just really taking what I learned, what I did for clients and media, which was successful in making them billions of dollars, taking that same methodology and applying it back to myself and my own life. Yeah. How do you step into your fear? That's easy. The minute, you know, if you're scared to go on a stage and you identify, oh, I'm feeling fear. Okay. That means I'm walking out into it right now. And the more you do that, the more it becomes the norm, the easier it gets. For some people, they struggle with doing it at first. So I would challenge those people to get an accountability partner, get someone that's happy to stand by and push you into the fear when you need to move. But the minute you start tackling it and realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't die. I survived. Then you know the next time you're going to survive too. Yeah, it's the scariest part to step into it first. But then once you said, like you said it, once you're in it, it's not as scary. Yeah, it's definitely never as scary as we think it's going to be. Yeah. The revenue recipe, creating the confidence sales team. How do you create the confidence sales team? Well, that starts with confident salespeople, right? So you want to surround yourself with people who are competitive, that take pride in achieving numbers, that are goal-oriented and driven. And you want to have a lot of transparency and trust on any team that you're leading or you're a part of. And it starts at the top and, and, you know, as a leader, you want to be real. And that means owning your flaws, owning your failures, sharing them with your team. And at the same time, letting them know that no one's perfect out there. We all make mistakes, but it's our job to show up every day and give it our best and learn collectively as a team from the mistakes we make and celebrate the wins that we have together. Wow. That's amazing. So true. And what is the secret of successful sales? You know, sales is a numbers game. So there's plenty of things you can do to be more savvy and refine your pitch and your presentation. But at the end of the day, it truly boils down to numbers. And I notice a lot of people will get frustrated that they haven't achieved their goal. And I'll say, how many pitches do you have out there? And they'll say four. And then I laugh because it doesn't matter who you are, how talented you are. No one bats a thousand, right? I, I certainly don't. I'm not told yes every time I try to sell something. And a great example of that is when I went to pitch my agent on my book proposal for my new book, I pitched her 14 times and she said no to me 14 times until she said yes on the 15th time. But the key is not giving up, going back to the drawing board, trying again, taking a different approach and getting back up to ask again. 
Yeah, it's like basically not taking no for an answer. And many people say if someone got no, it means just not yet. So it's still it's still an answer. Absolutely. Yeah. No is not the end of the conversation. And as far as like, you know, everyone is going through this right now. We're all stuck at home, most of us. And some women got very self-conscious because they're staying home and they lost that touch with like, you know, dating and other like social life. So what's your, the best advice for those like to start kind of getting out there and just building your confidence back up so they can socialize, they can date again. You know, the best thing people can do is start doing small things differently, right? So if you haven't been leaving your house much, go out for a walk once a day next week, make put specific challenges out there for yourself, hold yourself accountable to them. Then after you've been going out walking for once a week, now challenge yourself to go to the track nearby at your house and run there. So you're near in the vicinity of other people, right? Like start putting yourself out of your familiar zone and taking on small little changes. Go to a restaurant to sit outside if, you know, socially distanced, if you're in that situation, you might feel nervous at first, but all of these small things are really stepping into the unknown, stepping into these uncomfortable, which over time will become more normal to you which will allow you to start saying, okay, I do remember being around people. I can get around people. And then of course you can leverage Zoom and so many platforms on social media to be part of networking groups. I'm actually doing today on Clubhouse, I'm doing a happy hour from five to 6 p.m. where we're all going, we're doing a live Q&A where people can raise their hand and interface with me and my team and other people. Start putting yourself in those other social environments, even if it isn't in person, because it's going to remind you that we can be social, we can talk to others, and there will be a time we're going to be able to do that in person as well. Yeah, I agree. And I know, I mean, do you like Clubhouse? I just started using it sometimes and it's kind of, I'm kind of new to it. And some people have the opposite opinion. Like some people don't like it. They say it's a waste of time. Some people say it's a good way to promote yourself and learn new things. What do you think about it? Yeah, I really like it so far. I'm, I've been really impressed in that, you know, you can reach people that you wouldn't otherwise interface with. You can go into different rooms and learn things that you wouldn't otherwise get access to. So I think it's a it's a great platform to meet new people and learn a lot in a short period of time. Yeah, nice. What is your favorite quote that you live by? Fear is a green light that means go. Fire your villains. Oh my gosh, I have so many uh, quotes, especially for my first book, but you know, another one is successful people don't know the how, but they bet on themselves to figure it out along the way. Another favorite of mine is don't take direction from people who haven't been where you are going. Nice. Would you please tell us more about your book as well? Yeah. So my, my first book was uh, Confidence Creator, which is a compilation of my lowest moments in my life and how I created confidence from them and how the reader can too. My new book, which is basically answering the questions that I get most often, which is how did you go from fired to hired at Harvard, right? How did you go from the day that you got fired to a TEDx to, you know, hosting your own podcast? How did you achieve all these levels of success? And so it's really my new book that's coming out in November 
is really going to be the roadmap for anyone that's facing adversity and wants to turn it around and leverage it for success. I'm going to walk you through the exact steps that I took, the exact hacks and tips that I you know, have created so that you can apply that to your own life. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all the information? Sure. So my website's heathermonahan.com. My podcast is Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. My book is Confidence Creator, and I am on social media at Heather Monahan. Great. Thank you so much, Heather. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Thanks for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.